You know, the bottom line is that the inevitability and potential of the freelance gig slash side hustle economy is there. We are seeing more and more opportunity for workers in that space. However, I would encourage you today as you think about this space or if you're working in this space to consider looking at your own skill set as it relates to an entrepreneurial mindset because you're going to need to be building your brand. You're going to need to creatively solve problems throughout this journey. You're going to need to be able to harness those opportunities, take action on them, and then figure out how to overcome the challenges and failures that are going to be inevitable along the way to success. Welcome to the In Factor, where we have conversations with entrepreneurs about how they identified opportunities, took action, and overcame the inevitable failures and challenges along the way. I'm Rebecca White, and today I'm doing something a little bit different. I'm introducing a month-long focus on the freelance or gig economy. I'm going to be sharing stories with people that have supported the gig economy and others who are participating in the gig or freelance economy. So I wanted to do this because I knew the gig economy was growing and I'd been looking at it and studying it for years, but it all really hit home for me as I found that more and more of my guests on the show were engaged in the gig or freelance or sharing economy or they were creating businesses to support it. I interviewed people like Samuel Grupa, who started Grupa, a Berkeley Skydeck-backed startup, which is a marketplace to match venture-backed startups with Fang engineers for cash and equity. I also interviewed Corey Hyman, who works for Gigster, a company that helps connect companies with high-quality tech talent. And then there was Sam Chasen, who started a side hustle to pay for college, and then Jolly Nair, who started a blog about her experiences as an immigrant and turned that into a side hustle to help others and eventually into a full-time business. As I began my own research, I saw that the people who worked as freelancers on a gig basis or on side hustles seemed to be happier and more successful with their work if they embraced an entrepreneurial mindset. Well, this is an area that I've always been interested in, and this is the focus of the in factor. So I set out to understand more about this kind of work. So this month, as I said, each week we are going to feature someone who is pursuing a career without making a long-term commitment to one employer or is supporting this movement. So for a number of years, I've been familiar with the term sharing economy and gig economy, which around 2009, became a popular way to refer to the new business formats, such as Airbnb and Uber. The freelance economy is a more recent name often used to describe work that is done as an independent contractor or on a limited time frame. While freelance work and gig work is not new, the ubiquitous nature of this way of working is. This kind of work no longer has the negative stigma of job hopping. In fact, today employers are even finding great value 
in embracing freelancers for projects and other shorter-term needs. So let's dig in just a little bit and understand a little bit about the history and scope of the gig economy. And then I want to see or, or at least talk to you a little bit about how it might relate to an entrepreneurial mindset. So the term gig was first used by jazz musicians back in the 1920s to refer to an engagement or performance job. We've often heard about gigs with performers and other artists for a long time. The term freelance, on the other hand, has been around even longer. We use it mostly as a verb to describe someone who is self-employed and pursues a career without a long-term commitment to any one employer. However, history suggests that it was first used as a noun by Sir Walter Scott in his novel Ivanhoe, where a feudal lord refers to the paid army he has assembled as his free lancers. They were fighters who fought for whomever paid the most. So we use that term today in much the same way when we talk about someone who freelances or a freelancer. So it's not a new term, and gig is not necessarily a new term, but what is new, as I said before, is how many people are actually doing this kind of work. So to think a little bit more about this, we probably should describe the three types of work that I include, at least, in my discussion of this gig economy and this freelance economy. So freelance work is often considered working on a per-project or per-task basis, often for multiple clients. On the other hand, gig economy is considered more of a short-term temporary type job usually mediated by a tech platform like Uber or TaskRabbit. A side hustle, on the other hand, is a secondary job or business often pursued out of passion or to supplement primary income. So how important is this movement and how important is this kind of work today? Well, according to economic forecasts, the global gig worker economy is expected to reach a total volume of 455.2 billion by the end of 2023. So this year, we're expected to see a huge increase in gig worker. According to a recent research by Fiverr, one of the platforms that supports this kind of worker, there are an estimated 6.7 million independent professionals in the U.S as of 2022. That's up 2.2% from the year before. This workforce is estimated to have earned $286 billion in revenue last year, up from 9.2% from the year before. They represent 4.1% of the U.S. labor force, and their earnings comprise 1.1% of U.S. gross domestic product now, that was in last year. And again, this is only one small piece of this entire gig economy. Because remember, I'm including not only freelancers, which are typically the kind of workers that work for Fiverr, but also side hustles and the gig economy. Most of the skilled independent professionals are located, interestingly, in the top 30 MSAs, which tend to have populations of at least a million residents. 
the fastest growing markets in total from 2017 to 2022 include Austin, Nashville, Orlando, Charlotte, Phoenix, and Tampa, my hometown. And while the two fastest growing in total receipts are Nashville and Miami. So where I live here in Florida, we have a lot of people participating in this freelance economy. Another study suggests that 60% of executives say they will substantially replace full-time employees with independent workers in the next three years. Also, the freelance economy is a $5.4 trillion market. 40% of companies are hiring contractors to replace laid-off workers, and 90% of leaders are prioritizing independent workers. By 2027, Statista estimates that 86.5 million of the U.S. workforce will be independent freelancers. That's just about three years from now, we're going to see 86.5 million of our workforce working as independent freelancers. So it's probably time to step back and ask, why are people working this way? Well, part of it is out of necessity. Of course, right now we're living in very high inflationary times. A lot of people are pursuing side hustles as a way to make ends meet. Another interesting factor is that as this market grows, we're seeing people actually being laid off and replaced by independent contractors. So again, out of necessity, people are becoming independent contractors, adding side hustles, and maybe even joining the gig economy on the weekends or when they have the time, you know, using their home, for example, or a second home now as an Airbnb, or using their car to transport people when they're not working with Uber or Lyft. So again, uh, I think one of the number one reasons we're seeing this is out of necessity. But we also see a lot of people who are choosing to work this way. They are doing so because they love the freedom and the flexibility that working uh, as a freelancer or in the gig economy affords for them. So many people are choosing it because they prefer it to being employed full-time by one company. A lot of people also like the fact that they have maybe more interesting work by working for multiple companies instead of working only for one company in a single job. So I think out of necessity and out of choice, we're seeing a lot of people choose this way of working. But we also see that people are temporarily choosing this as a way to pay for school, like I mentioned Sam Chasen, or because they are temporarily in a situation where they would like to have more time and more freedom. Perhaps they have young children. So, uh, you know, temporary work has been around for a long, long time. I know most of us had jobs either while we were in high school or college you know, we're seeing more and more people maybe deciding to do this so they can, you know, prepare uh, for their children's college education or be at home with their children or have the freedom and flexibility to be able to take care of an elderly parent or of someone else that they love or that they need to care for. So out of necessity, out of choice, and temporarily are, are three of the main reasons I think that people are choosing this kind of work 
more and more frequently. A fourth reason I would include is as an encore career. So I'm thinking about people that have chosen to retire, or maybe they haven't chosen to retire, but they are at a stage of their life where they're not working full time anymore. They've had a successful career. Um, you know, maybe even an entrepreneur who has sold their business and um, they're looking for something to do as they move into the next years of their lives. More and more seniors are choosing not to fully retire, but to maybe retire from their employment and take on a side hustle or create a small business or work as a freelancer to stay engaged and to stay involved. So I think another reason is an encore career. There are all kinds of reasons why people may be choosing this kind of work. The bottom line is we know that it is happening and it's happening at an increasing rate. So there are pros and cons of this kind of work. The positives for individual workers include things I've already mentioned, the flexibility in choosing work hours and type of work, potential actually to earn more per hour than a traditional job. Also work-life balance and the freedom to work from anywhere. You know, during the pandemic, we saw more and more people learning to work remotely. And um, a lot of people don't want to go back to the office. And more and more offices are requiring and requesting that. Uh, So some people are choosing to quietly quit and uh, start pursuing independent contractor life to freelance or gig or create a business. So another reason I think that a lot of people like this kind of work style is the opportunity to pursue multiple passions. This has been something I've done. I've been employed, but I've had side hustles throughout my teaching career I've done board work. I've been an author. I have this podcast. I've started businesses. I've had many, many different kinds of work, which has kept me interested. And I think it's allowed me to be an even better educator, you know, working this way. Some of the quotes that I've gotten from people as I've talked to them about their work are things like, I wake up excited every day because no two days are the same. I am making more money now than ever, and I have the flexibility to say no when I don't want to work so much. I love that I can try new things, and I'm learning something new every day. And I've even heard people say, I feel that my work matters much more now than ever before. So again, I think people are finding lots of reasons why this kind of work is something that they enjoy and they find meaning in. But there are challenges that workers face. Most, uh, one of the top reasons cited is inconsistent income. For many people, that's a really tough thing to handle. You know, you've got monthly bills and those have to be paid. And when you suddenly go from getting a paycheck every two weeks or every month to having money coming in sporadically, that can be really challenging to deal with. Lack of job security and benefits like health care or retirement plans, that's another really big problem. Now, one of the interesting things that we're seeing is that there are startups, there are entrepreneurs who are starting companies to help independent workers 
define things like benefits or organize their health care and their retirement plans. So there is help on the way for this, but it can be a really tough thing to navigate, especially when you get started. And along that same line are challenges with taxes. Um, It's really, really tough uh, oftentimes to understand when you first leave an organization what it's going to take to pay your taxes. And planning for that and knowing how to handle that and being prepared for that so that you're not hit with a surprise tax bill is, is very important. And that, you know, that includes managing all the business aspects of your, of your work from marketing to finance to building a brand. So if you're an independent contractor or even if you're doing gig work um, or a side hustle, you really have to have some basic business skills and not everyone loves doing that kind of work. And then the, the other disadvantage that I've heard some of the people that I've talked to talk about is isolation and lack of team camaraderie. So being alone can be tough. It takes a lot of self-discipline sometimes to get up and go to work and do what you have to do when you're all alone. And uh, it can get very lonely not to have somebody to bounce ideas off of and someone to help you. So again, these kinds of problems, you know, inconsistent income and managing all the business aspects and your own personal finances and not having someone to talk to and interact with on a regular basis and work with bounce ideas off of can be pretty tough. Again, I think there are lots of solutions on the way as this space grows, but these are all quite a shock for many people as they move into this kind of work. Some of the quotes I've heard and read about from individuals who have talked about this kind of work, the job that is making me the most money is the one I am least interested in right now. So, you know, sometimes you got to take jobs uh, to make money, even if you're not, uh, even if you're not passionate about it. Another quote, my situation is kind of stressful. I have no guarantees, no steady pay and no stability. Another one, the biggest worry is where my next job will come from. It works for me now, but I can't save money for a college fund on an Uber salary. And it is exciting, but also scary. I don't know if I can get a mortgage. And then if you are working three to four jobs a day, you need a keen sense of priority. So again, self-discipline, finding help uh, to run your business side of what you're doing as a freelancer or a side hustle um, or in a gig can be really challenging. And you know, if you are going or if you are interested in or going into this kind of work environment or work role, you need to be thinking about all of these things. So there are resources available for freelancers and gig workers. There are a lot of online platforms and forums like Reddit, Freelancers Union. There's a lot of financial tools like QuickBooks and FreshBooks. And there are a lot of networking events and co-working spaces and online courses for freelancers at places like Skillshare. Over the next month, I'm going to be talking to Corey Hyman again from Gigster, and I'm going to be talking to some folks from Human Cloud and from some other uh, support type of organizations, kind of talking about how this whole freelance space works. But I think it's important as I wrap up this conversation to talk a little bit about what can help someone who wants to go into this kind of space and what am I seeing in my research as it relates to mindset. So 
I think the significance of adaptability, innovation, and resilience is especially important in the gig economy, the freelance economy, or in a side hustle. You know, entrepreneurial thinking can create opportunities, but it can also create lots of challenges. As you know, if you've been following my work or if you've read See, Do, Repeat, you know that an entrepreneurial mindset, as I define it, includes three basic competencies, the ability to recognize opportunities, the willingness to take action, and the ability, the resilience to execute past failure. I think these are incredibly important for anyone who wants to go into this kind of work or who finds themselves even out of necessity dealing with this kind of work. You have to practice business skills. You have to include continuous learning, networking, creative problem solving, all of those skills that are part of those three competencies that I talk about in my book, See, Do, Repeat, are very important for anybody in this kind of space. You know, the bottom line is that the inevitability and potential of the freelance gig slash side hustle economy is there. We are seeing more and more opportunity for workers in that space. However, I would encourage you today, as you think about this space, or if you're working in this space, to consider looking at your own skill set as it relates to an entrepreneurial mindset. Because you're going to need to be building your brand. You're going to need to creatively solve problems throughout this journey. You're going to need to be able to harness those opportunities, take action on them, and then figure out how to overcome the challenges and failures that are going to be inevitable along the way to success. I encourage you to tune in to this month. Like I said, each week uh, in the month of November, this is November 2023 that we're recording this. And each month you're going to be hearing from someone who is going to provide insight into this space, how you can find help uh, if you want to be a freelancer, and a little bit more about the journey of some of the folks that have been working in this space. So I encourage you to tune in. And again, if you want to learn more about my work and about an entrepreneurial mindset, check out my book, See, Do, Repeat, The Practice of Entrepreneurship. And also, you can find all kinds of support and helpful information and assessment and lots of other ideas at my website, which is drrebeccawhite.com. And that's drrebeccawhite.com. Thanks. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and to interacting with you on the next few episodes of The Infector. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.